This is Rob Long with Martini Shot for The Ankler. A few years ago, when I was working on a pilot, we were trying to nail down production dates. It was the usual wrangle with the studio facilities. Certain stages weren't available or were available or too expensive at certain times. And then there was the post-production schedule to work out. But we finally zeroed in on a perfect week for production, except that it was a week that the network president had planned to go on vacation And that's the thing about shooting a pilot. You sort of want the network president there for the experience. So we went back to the calendar and we rescheduled. Now, I don't think anyone on his team ever told him about the scheduling issue. In fact, there are certain people you just work around. And these people tend, on the whole, to be network presidents, the buyers, in other words. And there are certain people who do the working around. And those people tend, on the whole, to be me, the sellers, in other words. But That's when the relationship is clear. That's when the lines and roles we each play in this business are understood to everyone. The network president has the word president on his door. He's the guy who said, go ahead and make this pilot and I'll pay you money. But that's not often the case in the entertainment business. Most of what we do around here is skirmish with people whose precise level on the org chart is murky. Who really is in charge here? Whose vacation takes precedence? Who needs to move their dentist appointment or long weekend plans or lunch meeting? Isn't so obvious. I mean, half of the activity on any given day in the entertainment business is scheduling. That's mostly what assistants do, back and forth on email with each other, sort out when their bosses have a window of availability for a telephone call or a Zoom or an in-person meeting. And it's rare that there is one. So what you get is a standoff. He's not available on Thursday, or until the 19th, one assistant will tell the other. Well, neither is she, the other one will respond. Well, what about Friday at 12? She has a conflict. Is it firm? Now, that's code for, since you are the perceived lower status party here, why don't you try to switch that conflict on Friday at 12 to some other time when my boss is available? Now, at which point, there are a couple of options. The Friday at 12 meeting can suddenly be magically downgraded. Oh, wait, the assistant will say. That's just lunch with her development executive. She can move that. Let's do Friday at 12. See, so she's shown flexibility, which, of course, is ordinarily a form of weakness. But she's also signaled that it's only because she's got so many underlings and she doesn't mind jerking them around. Now, you could also go nuclear. You could push the button. I can't move the Friday at 12 thing. It's an event at her kid's school. Now, see, kid and kid-related activities, they're just conversation enders. Hollywood, despite the huge number of children who run wild through the streets taking drugs and murdering their parents, Hollywood takes its child-raising very seriously. And then there's the third option, which is just out-and-out Cold War. Is it firm? The assistant will ask. Yes, the other assistant will answer. And then there will be a long silence. Now, both assistants will know that whoever gives in will be revealed to be the assistant of the weaker, lower-ranked person, so they both settle in for a very long wait. But that will eventually be settled because there is nothing more important in this business and every other business than having a meeting. And also because the entertainment industry works on the same business model as the fitness industry. I mean, if everyone who had a gym membership suddenly showed up at the gym tomorrow, the place would be crammed and overfull, and we'd all suddenly realize what a scam gym memberships really are. But they know what we only pretend not to know when we sign up, all eager and full of commitment in our fresh new workout clothes. We're really not going to be coming all that often.
But that's the business model of the gym industry. They wouldn't be able to make it if they sold only as many memberships as they could legitimately handle in a day. The business only works if they overcommit a bit, something that's only really obvious the first couple of weeks in the year, in January. It's L.A., every professional event planner in Los Angeles says when planning anything. People flake. Invite 50, get 30 yeses, plan for 20. In the entertainment business, there's a similar powerful urge to get something on the books, to make sure you've got a time to pitch a show to the network, to have a time for a studio or network casting test, to have a lunch date weeks in advance on the books. I mean, you can always cancel it, shift it, move it to later, whatever. The point is, it's there. It's in the calendar. It's yours for the taking. Except the other side, the network, the studio, the agent with the lunch, whatever, they're playing the same game. They're saying yes to lots of stuff, maybe double or triple booking things, overlapping lunches and meetings and pitches, because they know what the party planners and gym managers know, that when the day comes, people flake, they reschedule, they move the meeting. Things just work themselves out. Say yes, of course I'm free, whenever you're asked, because the odds are that when that day rolls around, it suddenly won't be convenient. I had a meeting rescheduled so often that when we both finally sat down to talk about the project I was pitching, it suddenly dawned on both of us that they were supposed to be pitching a project to me, which they would have, except by that time, the project had already been written by another writer and rejected by every network in town. But again, eventually you're going to have that meeting. Meetings are the beating heart of the whole enterprise. Meetings are where dreams still come true, where everything feels like it's going to work out fine. Working in the entertainment industry, well, it's a little like being a character in one of those magical realism novels. It's about as close to real life as you can get and still have room for unexpected plot twists and scary monsters. But it's mostly a place built on hope, on the alluring shimmer of future possibilities. How great would it be? We say to each other when we're finally meeting about a project, if this project actually went. Because, of course, mostly they don't. The amount of time and effort and money spent on projects that go versus the amount of time and effort and money spent on projects that somehow never get off the ground is a terrifying ratio. But still, we have meetings and lunches and we make phone calls and check availabilities and have Zooms. We just keep moving forward with hope and optimism and faith that in this magical realism novel, we won't suddenly... I don't know, get eaten by a snake or shrink into a raisin or, you know, one of those things that happens in those fat American novels. We believe in possibility, in other words, and wherever there is possibility, wherever there is enthusiasm and a sense of hope, wherever there's a meeting that is filled with excitement and optimism, somebody comes to his senses and starts talking about the schedule, which means trouble. Because even though it really rarely happens that someone has two shows actually ordered with production orders... Projects tend to fall away as the year progresses. Scripts get written and passed on. Pilots hit casting trouble. Pilots get overlooked and unordered, that sort of thing. And even though we all know that most of what we're busily working on and getting enthusiastic about right now is no more than a couple of tense phone calls and a night of angry drinking away from being dead and forgotten, we still have to get everything organized and ranked. When money is involved, things get serious. And when things get serious in Hollywood... We call the lawyers, and they've invented a way to rank the contractual commitments we have to each other, and they call those positions, which means if a project is in first position, and if it gets a green light within a specified amount of time, you do that one. If it's in second position, it's next up. We have you in first position, a studio executive once told me about a project I had guided to a series order on which he had me in second position. But the distinction is important because first position means they have you first, no question. 
Second position means if whatever is in first doesn't happen, then they have dibs. Third and fourth are less important because, well, you know, who wants to be third and fourth? But it's nice to have options. This is show business, after all. Things fall apart. Projects collapse. People flake. Don't worry, an agent once told me about an actress's availability. You have her in a very safe second. Now, what he meant was, technically, the actress was committed in first position to another project, but the agent knew that project was doomed. He just hadn't told his client yet. So even though I had her in second position, technically, I was assured that she was going to be available to do my show. His plan, I think, was to wait until the first project was officially dead and then call her with the bad news, but tell her, hey, wait a sec. Just might have something for you. And then call her back 20 minutes later with my project and act like it all came together because he was just an amazingly great agent rather than the truth, which is that I had called him a few weeks before and that his client was a lot more affordable than anyone else on the list. So that's a good rule to follow in life and love and show business. Don't tell people everything. Sometimes you can fudge it a bit and convince people that the first and second are basically the same, that you can do two projects at once, which of course you can and should, especially at the currently depressed prices, or that the show in first position isn't going to go ever, so it's a safe second. But the problem here is that these things are eventually hammered out by lawyers and business affairs people. And they plan for everything, including the impossibly magical realism outcome that everything goes, that everything gets ordered, that no one gets eaten by a snake or turns into a raisin. It never happens that way, of course. The snake eventually eats everyone, including the raisin. But again, this is a business built on hope. This is a business in which people get embroiled in furious negotiations about how to split up a mythical pie of totally unlikely profits for a project that simply isn't going to get off the ground. So what position you're in or what position of project you're trying to sell is in, it's often a very unimportant, important issue. Now, here's how I handle it. Actually, here's how I handle everything. I, um, I dither. I hem, I haw, I kick the can down the road. I tell everyone what they want to hear. I promise everyone everything. I simply move forward with the conviction that every project I'm pitching or working on or even thinking about is in first position. And I trust that eventually, before it gets to the lawyers, enough projects will just fall away or go south or be too expensive or simply implode. And I won't ever have to work out which position is which. And that's because Hollywood never disappoints. It is always equal parts hope and hopelessness. And I feel that way every morning when I lay out my gym clothes. They are in first position. But sleeping an extra 45 minutes, the chocolate croissant at the coffee place around the corner, very safe second. That's it for this week. Next week, we will take the summer off for The Ankler. This is Rob Long with Martini Shot.